0: Hi there, my name is Ryan O'Neill and this is the Sleeping At Last podcast where I have the the sincere pleasure and honor of getting to tell you about how my songs get made. So thank you so much for pressing play, I I really deeply appreciate you. Today I get to talk to you about a brand new song. Um, This one belongs to my Atlas 3 series of songs and it's called Asleep. Asleep is uh, obviously the most meta Sleeping at Last song that I've ever put out, um, <laughs> but it's uh, it's the second song in, in the Atlas 3 series and is the obvious sibling song to the song that came before it, which is called Awake. And uh, I sort of like to think of Awake and Asleep as uh, a diptych of sorts, two images that make one picture together, but they're separate and individual. Um, kind of like day and night. And if you played them on a two song loop, I, I hope that they would feel very complimentary and representative of uh, day and night. Before I, I dive into the song, um, I, I wanted to share some personal news. There's not really a, a proper or right way to to talk about this. And I certainly don't like the idea of starting out the episode on on such a sad note, but here we are. Uh, in, in March, my my mother passed away. And I, I really can't even believe that those words are coming out of my mouth. Um, for, for those of you that don't know, uh, I I was incredibly, incredibly close to my mom. Um, in addition to, to being really, really close, she was actually the sleeping at last manager. And she helped me in Really, every conceivable way in my life and in my music, and and I wrote a little bit about this, her role in Sleeping at Last. Uh, there's there's going to be a link in the show notes, if you're curious to to kind of hear more about how much she has meant to me and and how much she has meant to this thing called Sleeping at Last. Um, but it, it truly cannot be understated her her love and support is why sleeping at last exists. It's why sleeping at last is possible. And honestly, I I just miss her so much. Um, She was my, my sounding board for literally everything in my life, um, especially with Sleeping At Last. So as I wrote the songs, i would call her to to show her the latest line of lyrics or or when a song was nearing the finish line, she's who I would call and show and and ask for feedback. Um, She would listen to every single mix, every single draft of every song. Um, I, I would show her even every episode of this podcast before it released just to make sure it all made sense. And she really was my my trusted compass in, in in my life and especially in creative work i feel like where there's just lots of moments that press into my insecurities um she is the person i would call who would make me feel okay about the the lyric i was second guessing or the 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 whole song that all of a sudden i decided maybe isn't isn't good. She's the person that would be like kind of this level set for me that would make me feel better about, um, my insecurities. She, she made me feel good. She was incredibly honest, but at the same time, she, she did the thing that every amazing mother does, which is just completely pour love into me and, and support into every single thing that I was doing. So, I will miss her beyond words, and I'm sure that I will be um, needing to talk and and process the the gravity shift in my life that is losing her in in many 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 songs in in the future. Um, but I I just feel really really lucky to have had her in my life, and to have had her support and and love. Uh, her her patience was was limitless, literally, <laughs> for me. Um, and, and her love and, and support of me um, was also infinite. And so I just feel so grateful. Um, but this new song, Asleep, was the last song of mine that she heard. And needless to say, it, it just feels so heavy for this song to now find its way into a world without her. But I, I am deeply honored to get to share this song with you as this song will forever mean so much to me. I just am really, really grateful to get to share this with you. Um, but I, I dedicate this song and honestly, the, the rest of the music that I hope to make in my lifetime to, uh, to the loving and beautiful memory that I have of my mom. So with that said, here is Asleep.
1: Certain I'm not a ghost. Is this free will, or am I doing as I'm told? I know shadows follow. it tonight by the mercy of light I could choose water color lucid dreams I'll paint a few by the glow of a screen or the darkness I've seen with these tires Our prayers
0: If you're still with me and still awake, thank you so much for listening. I really, really love getting to share new music with you. In spite of it being super scary and nerve wracking and and often just super hard to let go of each of these songs as I finish, um, it it really does mean so much to get to share uh, the things that I'm making with you. I'll be honest, this song took me forever to finish writing and, and it took forever to release it. Obviously, my life turned completely inside out when my mom got sick uh, a couple months ago. But even even before that, this the song gave me such a runaround in the writing process. Um, but I was lucky because unlike most cases where, where a song is giving me trouble and it feels like just banging my head against the wall, somehow when I was writing Asleep, I actually never tired of working on it no no pun intended um which was actually really nice so even as i was kind of stuck i I actually really enjoyed hearing this song and and so writing it kind of became this this meditation every day of sorts so uh the song has felt like kind of a friend to me from the beginning which is which is really nice because that means that i don't have to be too mad at it for for taking so long to uh to reach the finish line a while back, uh, well before writing Asleep, uh, a friend of mine named David recommended a book called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. I knew that eventually I would be writing my my song for sleep as part of my Atlas 3 themes. Um, so I thought I may as well get an early start and, and start researching. So uh, I, I started in on the book and it just entirely knocked me out. Like first, if you have not read it, I cannot recommend this book enough. Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. It has entirely changed the way that I think about sleep and this very strange and mysterious and, and massive part of my life. Um, I've come to learn that there really is no way to overstate the importance of getting good sleep, which you know is something we've always known. Getting a good night's sleep is obviously ideal. And that when we don't have it, it's not ideal. But after reading this book, I, I really, really believe that sleep is probably one of the most important things we do with our bodies and our minds. And the author calls himself like a, a sleep dip Diplomat. And honestly, after reading this book and listening to countless interviews with Professor Walker, I I can't help but tell everybody I know about how absolutely important and and special sleep is. This this massive and beautiful part of our life. So over the last year or so, I have become this. Very, very annoying broken record to every friend and family member in my life with endless did you knows from the book and and just constantly referencing data presented in this book. It's super annoying and I recognize that, but it's just because I feel so passionate about this book and and how well it makes the case that sleep is this essential and vital part of our well-being and our, our health. And the lack of it pretty much impacts every aspect of who we are from from health, from mental health, emotional health, memory, creativity, our intelligence. Sleep is a really big deal. So I was really, really excited to, to try my hand at, at writing this song that could somehow point to all of this wonderful new information in my life. But as I began to write the song, I, I quickly realized that a song inspired by data points is is really specific and kind of too clinical of a song which is which is interesting of course in its own right but i just kept feeling like this song needs to be almost the exact opposite of of that it needs to to be gentle and and open to interpretations less less sleep hygiene and and more dream experience less facts and, and more mystery so I kind of lean into the fact that this direction of mystery and poetry and dream analysis while still trying really, really hard to include nods to the ideas and data points in this book that I felt so inspired by. Um, And I'll I'll point to those little aspects later in this episode, but with this dream theme in mind um, for the lyrics, I tried to write as visually as I could. And I allowed myself to to tell a story without connecting every dot for the listener. And this, this kind of felt like how we remember our dreams. When we wake up, things happened. We occasionally remember bits and pieces of our dreams, but we're not really sure of the overall story that our mind was trying to tell. And with this in mind, I included no punctuation in any of the written lyrics. That to me feels like it allows the lyrics to be read and interpreted in, in far more ways than had I included punctuation. And usually I'm, I'm really obsessed with being really specific with my punctuation as I write my lyrics out, because to me it helps. It's it's just another aspect of writing that is a tool to convey a certain idea or meaning. Um, but for this one, I, I think maybe my Enneagram Four song, I did the same thing. It just made a lot of sense to me to allow it for even less clarity and just to make as much room as possible for there to be mystery in the words and for it to be received in whatever way the listener hears it. So I had a ton of fun writing it from that perspective of just keeping things as open-ended as possible. I'm also really excited that in the months ahead an extended 60-minute version of the song will actually be available in partnership with the app Calm, C-A-L-M. Uh, and in that even sleepier, new, gentle version of a sleep, I, I got to explore a lot of the things that I learned from the Why We Sleep book. So sleep cycles, REM sleep, non-REM sleep, and what is happening in our bodies while we sleep, etc. Uh, this longer format allowed me to kind of like this perfect opportunity to, to write something that is long enough to actually accompany the listener while they fall asleep. So that was my one, you know, letdown of working on this, this regular length song version of Asleep. In order to fit within my Atlas project, it had to be generally a traditional song length. And so it it felt like the format was a missed opportunity. A song under 10 minutes is maybe too short to really fall asleep to in, in most cases. When the invitation came from Calm, uh, I, I was so, so excited. It felt like the, this absolutely perfectly timed challenge to to be able to write an extended and, and sleep-minded version of this song that, in an ideal case scenario, would be something that you could actually fall asleep to. It could be the soundtrack to, to your dreams. I'm really excited to share that new version with you. Um, it should come out this summer. And uh, again, it's about an hour long and will uh, essentially be my musical representation of a full sleep cycle. While I was in the middle of writing the song, I decided for the first time in my life to, to start writing down my dreams and documenting them. Like most people I know, um, I I rarely remember my dreams, Uh, but for whatever reason, after deciding to to keep a dream journal, I all of a sudden had these string of days where I remembered far more than usual, Um, which is just uh, on a side note, just really interesting that just by deciding to pay closer attention to my dreams, I I remembered more of them. It just shows that I, I do think the mind is this really, really powerful thing that we fully underestimate. But anyway, uh, so the very first dream that I wrote down was just happened to be extremely vivid and in retrospect, really heartbreaking, which I'll get into, um, but also just deeply, deeply meaningful to me. Um, It's something that I, it's a dream that I I think I will cherish for my whole life. And I'm super glad that I was able to nod to that dream in this song. Um, So I, I should preface by saying that Most of the time, I think everyone knows that telling people your dreams is just really boring to everyone else. (laughs) So I get that. Um, But I I think for the sake of context, um, with some of these little nods in the song, I wanted to share this. And also, like I said, it's it's extremely meaningful to me. So please bear with me. Sometime in, in January, well before my family and I knew that my mom was sick at all, um, I, I dreamt that I was walking up a really beautiful, green, perfectly Hawaiian hill right next to the ocean. And it was very distinctly Hawaii. I was with friends, but I can't exactly remember who was there. And then suddenly I, my mom called out to me. I don't remember if it was by phone or if just I just heard her calling out to me. And she happened to be several hundred feet down by the beach on these gorgeous black rocks right near the water. And so she called me over and was really excited. So so I walked down to the shore where she was at, and, and there was just this large section of carpet laid right out on the beach um, over these black rocks. And it wasn't like a rug, it was as, almost like a, a, a carpet, as, as large as a carpet for a few rooms in a house, although there was no house. And so it was laid out completely as if it belonged inside a home, but. Like I said, there's, there was no structure around it, it was just carpet on the beach. So my mom was down by the water, kind of pushing the carpet corners back down um, as the waves were, were washing over it and kind of flipping the carpet out a little bit. So she was just kind of tucking it back to how she felt like it should belong. And um, she excitedly asked me, what do you think? She was just so proud of this carpet that she had just had installed and was really excited to show me. So. Even in my dream, I, I was so confused, and I said, "Mom, I, I don't, I don't actually understand why you would install carpet there. Why, why by the water? It's, it's getting all wet." I wasn't mean or angry or frustrated. I was just, I was confused and trying to be really polite with my confusion. But she seemed surprised that I was confused, and so she didn't really respond. She just kind of looked down, and I, I felt as if she was maybe sad because she wanted me to be proud of her and excited about this, this carpet that was laid out. So I woke up right after that and wrote it down. I didn't feel too much about that dream outside of just thinking like, what in the world was that about? (laughs) So I had to just imagine it was sort of a a strange reflection of maybe, you know, any mother and child relationship that would disagree on something. Um, Like, you know, I was confused about her way of doing something. And so it didn't feel like really anything more than that. Um, So that was kind of my interpretation of why I would have that dream. This is just our differing opinions. That's what it maybe looks like in a dream. So super confusing. And because it was so strange and and vivid, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And the goal of even documenting my dreams outside of just being curious uh, was to include nods to each of these dreams in in this song, Asleep. This, this one kind of eclipsed anything else that I had dreamt. And so um, there are several nods to this dream in the song, which I'll, I will detail in, in just a minute here. A few weeks after having this dream, um, my mom ended up getting really sick and, um, had to go to the hospital where, where me and my family all found out that she had an extremely limited amount of time. Um, we had no idea that she was sick and, um, there was really no path forward. And, um, it was obviously deeply devastating, but in the hospital uh, for the, for the, Couple of weeks that we were there with her, we got these really beautiful moments with her. My my brother and I, and and my family and I. In and, and one of those moments, um, she was telling us kind of what she wanted to have happen once once she was gone. Which is, you know, these these are just like the most impossible conversations to have. I, I was telling a friend recently that like going through this and and the loss of my mom is is so big it's such a huge thing in my life that i don't don't really even like have the capacity or the the vocabulary to understand what what to do with this loss so that means that i'm able to even record this story right now without completely breaking down um because i don't i don't i still don't know how to fit it into my being if that makes sense um it's the other part. It's the, it's the daily, like intimate moments that I am about to call her and realize that I can't, or, um, small, very real details in, in my day-to-day stuff that I just, like have a really, really hard time emotionally processing. So in the hospital, um, during those lucid and, and, really, really beautiful, but also devastating conversations with her. She, she was hitting everything head on all of this horrible news that, that she was receiving. She had a very clear idea of what she wanted to have happen once she passed, which is something that she's never really talked about up to that point. And she told us like without question, that she wanted her ashes spread in Hawaii, in the water and and hearing that obviously broke my heart, and it also, you know, just added this dimension of meaning and depth to that dream forever for me. And so I am so incredibly grateful that I um made reference to it in the song, uh, which is as I mentioned at the top of the episode, the the last song that my mom got to hear. And um, so this this song will kind of forever be. linked to to those moments and and just my my love of my mom. And now I I just interpret that dream so differently than I first did when I had the dream. Um, As I said, I I kind of just thought it was this uh, strange analogy of people thinking a little bit differently than one another. And now I see it as a really personal invitation from my mom to me to to see her and, and to love her for exactly who she was. So as I said, I, I made reference to this dream several times in the song. Um, the first of which is, and it, it gets repeated throughout the song, is watercolor vivid, dreams.
1: watercolor vivid Dreams.
0: Firstly the word water is in reference to the water in my dream of course. But also, my my therapist mentioned that that water in dreams is is often believed to be connected to the, the start of life, our, our origins. So, obviously, I really, really love that connection to my dream about my mom, my origin of life, um, as she was standing down by the ocean. Also, I I really I feel like I was thinking about what is the most dreamlike art form or format of art, and I think it's watercolor. I don't know. In the same way that I feel like the heart is most closely related to the cello, I I feel like watercolor is the most closely linked to our dreams. Speaking of watercolor, uh, the artwork for this song was painted by the absolutely brilliant artist Alicia Edigento. She is responsible, of course, if you've listened to my podcast or have followed any of my work, you know that. She's responsible for all of the gorgeous artwork, um, not only for all of these Atlas 3 songs, but uh, all of Atlas 2 as well. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that, that Alicia is, is my all-time favorite artist. Like, I, I honestly cannot believe that I get to collaborate with her. And, I, and I'm not just saying that. And receiving art for each of these songs is, is truly such an immense joy. It's become one of my very favorite aspects of this project. And the piece that she painted for this song is, of course, beyond gorgeous and dreamy, um, but I received the painting months before actually finishing the song, and it wasn't until after I had my dream and after my mom had passed that I I looked at this painting again and realized that it actually captures so much of my dream. In the painting, there are these two figures standing down on the beach uh, along the rocks by the water, and And now this art will kind of forever be imprinted on me. I'm just really, really grateful that this song and the art can represent this this dream to me in so many ways, which I believe, again, is this invitation and reminder for me to fully honor and welcome every part of my mom's legacy. Another reason that I, I really, really connected to the idea of watercolor vivid dreams, and I kind of built this song around those words, Uh, For the last several years, I have tried to make a practice of meditating. Um, I don't do it nearly as much as I would like. Um, It it happens maybe a couple times a month at best. Um, But one of my very, very favorite aspects of meditating. And I'm always following like a guided meditation. But one of my my favorite aspects of it is after you have taken time to um, follow your breathing and pay attention to the different parts of how your body feels or even how your environment or your room, like you're paying attention to the sounds and, and things like that. But after about eight minutes of that or whatever it is, you will be invited to sort of let go of all of that with your eyes closed. And so In that moment that I let go, I I always feel like I see in my, with my eyes closed, I see like these moving colors. And so the idea of watercolor, vivid dreams, that that, that's always kind of what that looks like to me is like this weird watercolor animation that's happening in my mind. And that's really weird to explain, especially as I'm saying it out loud right now, I feel like it doesn't totally make sense. Um, but it, it is this watery light that has this kind of beautiful movement as my eyes are closed and it just, feels nice and reminds me of the, the mystery of dreams. So I felt like that made a lot of sense to uh, to include. And during the writing of this song, um, which is something I did actually during the writing of my song nine, um, I went to a sensory deprivation tank, which is this very strange thing. You should Google it. It's, it I really, really love it. Some people are claustrophobic and hate it. Um, but I, I just really, really love it. It quiets my mind in, in the same way that meditation does. And so when, um, when I wrote this line and then I also went to that sensory deprivation tank, I had that exact same like, imagery in my mind, that, that same like moving light and watery imagery in my head. And so it made a lot of sense to just carry, carry that line through the rest of the song. Speaking of weird and beautiful things that you see when your eyes are closed, um, in, in writing this song, I became aware of the word after image. I have no idea how I've missed that word all these years, but I, I literally, as I was writing this song, I Googled, is there a word for seeing an image after you close your eyes? You know, if you, you stare at something bright or and then you close your eyes and you still see the glow of that light, there has to be a word for it, right? And, and lo and behold, there absolutely is. It's the word after image. One word, A-F-T-E-R-I-M-A-G-E. And it means exactly this. The, the definition is an impression of a vivid sensation, especially a visual image, retained after the stimulus has ceased. So that's my new favorite word ever. Uh, and honestly, this is this is kind of what dreams are, right? Like we close our eyes and all of a sudden there's some weird movies that play until we wake up. Anyway, afterimage, best word ever. And needless to say, I, I wrote that word into this song.
1: After image, the
0: In one section, I sing Watercolor Vivid Dreams Under Lock and Key. And that is actually a nod to a theory by um, Matthew Walker, who wrote the book that I was highly recommending at the beginning um, called Why We Sleep. And the theory is basically that, you know, most people say that they don't remember their dreams, but perhaps we actually do completely remember all of our dreams. We just do not have like conscious access to them. So we don't have the the key to unlock part of the, the deep and, and kind of strange storage in our brain. And I like this idea um, that we're just kind of walking around with these memories that fill up a, an entire third of our lives because uh, that's about how long we we sleep for um in our lifetime of these dreams. And they're in our head and we're completely unaware of them. I, I just really, really love that idea. So uh, under lock and key is a reference to that theory. And early on I, I sing watercolor lucid dreams. And so I really, really like the idea, even though this song is completely open to interpretations, but something in my in my learning about sleep and dreams and is again in this in this book called Why We Sleep. Matthew Walker talks about lucid dreaming. And if you're unfamiliar with what lucid dreaming is, it's basically a dream in which you can, essentially you're aware that you're dreaming and you can actually dictate what you do with your with your body in your dream. And you can, you know, if you wanna fly, you can fly. And some people have these dreams. I personally have never had one. If you do, I think that's super cool. So Matthew Walker was, was saying in the book, actually this might've been in an interview he was talking about lucid dreams as m- most people have kind of looked at like what is the purpose of lucid dreaming and you know most people's reaction to it first is just that this it's this strange anomaly that happens that there is no actual purpose to it but he was kind of hypothesizing that maybe maybe lucid dreaming is the beginning of uh, an evolutionary change like maybe maybe you know thousands of years down the road most people will have lucid dreams in which they will be able to live out their lives in dream state as well as being awake. And I just really, really, really love that idea. I I just think that that's so interesting and and beautiful. And so I wanted to reference it in the song, but also the song does kind of circle around the idea of wanting to control your dreams and wanting to be privy to the mystery of your dreams. Um, Even in my own dream, wanting to understand what it means. And this goes back, you know, for pretty much all recorded history that people are wanting to understand these strange things that happen in our minds at night. And so um, I love the idea that at one point in our human history, maybe uh, we will not only be able to remember our dreams, but we'll be able to live out these these interesting dream lives. Um, I just think that's really cool. So another direct reference to the dream I had um, is in these lyrics. I lose my balance at the water's edge, a Freudian slip, but I can't remember what was said. I
1: lose my balance at the water's edge, a Freudian slip, but I can't remember.
0: The Water's Edge, again, is obviously describing the, the scene of my dream, um, but losing my balance and the Freudian slip, that that all represents my, my initial confusion about the dream. As I was walking down the hill to where my mom was, I felt obviously confused about why there was carpet being laid out on the beach and also just trying to balance as I was walking down among the rocks. Uh, this lyric just felt like it could kind of capture that feeling of, of literally losing my balance and also metaphorically losing my balance as I was trying to understand what my mom was trying to tell me. Musically, to mirror this idea, I, I wanted the piano to sort of break away from the succinct chords, uh, you know, in, the, in that waltz tempo. So I-, I played the piano as if it was sort of fumbling over. So that sounds like this. And the, the Freudian slip lyric ha, has a few meanings as well. I, I like the idea of taking the commonly used phrase of a Freudian slip, which the dictionary defines as an unintentional error regarded as revealing subconscious feelings. So obviously, totally loved using that in the song about dreams. But additionally, using the meaning of, of slip, the word slip in Freudian slip, as I talk about losing my balance, felt appropriate. And then at the end of that line, I, I say, but I can't remember what was said. Um, that's again, just highlighting the desire to fully recall my dream in, in every detail, but not being able to. And it was, it was really interesting to try to learn more about dreams as I was writing the song, because dreams are still just this absolutely mysterious thing. So learning about it is, is really fascinating, but it's also just so many theories Maybe, maybe it's day residue. Maybe, maybe our dreams are prophetic. Maybe it's all just a peek into our subconscious, and uh, we know the the function and, and the purpose of sleep. Um, and again, that that why we sleep book answers that question in in so much beautiful detail. But why we dream is, is such a challenging thing to really wrap our minds around, at least at this point in history. So I wrote this song from the perspective of someone who's really, really tired. And if you recall the, the song before this, Awake, it ends on the lyric, Let's Get Some Rest. So, so right at the start of the song, it's already sung from the perspective of, of being extremely tired. And someone who in their tiredness is trying to put a finger on their dreams and their hopes and wanting to to hold on and control the outcome, as we all, I think, secretly do, um, all the while slipping into a dream and and falling asleep throughout the song. I've mentioned this before, but it's worth mentioning again, I think, in the context here, because the more that I learn about anything, uh, the more I am so convinced that all wisdom points to letting go. I mentioned in, in some of the Enneagram episodes that the more I learned about the Enneagram of personality, the more I learned that Really, every type—the the very best of us, the most healthy versions of us—are are when we let go. When we let go of our shadows, I've been holding this this concept up to just about every self help thought that I ever have come across, and and really just every aspect of faith that I come across, and every aspect of life I can think of, like fear, death, sleep, love, expectations, disagreements. It, it, it all seems that we are truly at our best when we are gently letting go of whatever it is that we're desperately holding on to. So we we model this in our breathing obviously. So the final lyrics of of the song Awake which which is the the sibling song to asleep contain this concept as well.
1: Sunset tone maybe this The home. Get
0: some rest. This song, Asleep, it is again just a practice of letting go. And in this case, it's letting go in, in the shape of sleep as our bodies fully let go in order to recharge every night. And so letting go, it's just this really, it's a really big deal. It's the theme that I keep accidentally kind of bumping into. Again, Frozen, you know, also really was onto something. I was thinking about dreams, the study of dreams, the desire to to understand dreams throughout history, it, it feels actually a lot like creativity to me. Most artists, myself included, have no idea where the ideas come from. Like we know what inspired us to write or to paint or to anything, um, but we don't actually know where that that source, where the idea itself is coming from. And and in the exact same way, we have no idea where our dreams come from. In in both dreaming and in art, there is this constant flow of creativity uh, and the desire to connect dots. And so when we're not dreaming or we're not making things, we're, we're, obviously so much more linear and logical, but in our dreams, we, we have this strange permission to let go of not only control of our bodies, but our minds are free to just explore and make all of these really bizarre and interesting connections. And these connections that we don't really make time for or prioritize when we're awake, except for when we're creating. So to me, Art and music and all forms of art is almost like dreaming while we're awake. We, we create things and that's essentially our dreams in, in the form of songs or paintings or movies. So we we take time in, in our creativity to prioritize making these random connections and uh, connecting these dots. I just really like that there's this this overlap in dream interpretation and art interpretation. Each idea, each symbol, image can mean something entirely different to the observers, and and it's a it's an invitation to bring our meanings to these things. And I, I think that that's really beautiful. And again, I just I just really like the idea of having no clue where our dreams are coming from, and having no clue where the the entire idea for a song or for any of the different things that we make. It's our it's our chance to participate in a language that we don't really understand, and I I, I love that. On to another lyric, um, the lyric that I would like to tell you about is for just one precious third of my life, I'm not hypnotized by the glow of a screen or the darkness I've seen.
1: For just one precious third of my life, I'm not hypnotized.
0: The one precious third bit is, is obviously in reference to the time that we spend sleeping, which is roughly one third of a human's life. That fact, again, still just kind of blows my mind that one third of our life, we have no idea how we're spending it. We know that we're dreaming and we have no access to understanding any of that. I just think that's fascinating. The being hypnotized by the glow of a screen, that is um, a a direct reference to a thought that I was having as I was writing the song uh, and zoning out on my phone for for hours and hours and hours at a time and just feeling stressed out about deadlines and working on different projects and and realizing that like, yeah, if I wasn't on my phone so much, I would be able to put my head in, in so much clearer of a spot and I have no idea why I don't. So it's something I'm personally working on. And this lyric is a reminder to kind of kick my butt in every once in a while when I hear it to, uh, to put down my phone. And that's one of the gifts of sleep is that we can't use our phones in our sleep, which means we're no longer hypnotized by Instagram or TikTok or whatever else. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the music first. The guest musicians you hear are the very same that you heard on my song Awake. Again, I wanted these two songs to feel closely related, like day and night. The gorgeous flutes and clarinets that you hear are from my friend Paul Von Mertens. And Paul is just just awesome. Uh, I've had the privilege of working with him on a handful of songs now, and it's just so fun and it's just easy. Uh, He's just so talented. Uh, he's also the band leader of the Brian Wilson Band, and more than that, he's just a really, really great human. Uh, I feel incredibly lucky to work with him. Uh, it's such a joy to hear him play on this song. And so here's a bit of Paul's gorgeous woodwinds. And I, I had the absolute pleasure and honor of working with Sharon Gerber and Anya Gerber, who played all of the strings that you hear throughout the song. And I always state this: I just really love getting to work with Sharon and her daughter Anya. They are just such a such a delight. And getting the string tracks recorded are truly like a massive highlight in, in the process of writing all of these songs. It's just like it's like the, the song suddenly has a soul. And uh, um, I just feel really grateful. So here's a bit of Sharon and Anya's gorgeous strings. Massive thank you to Paul, Sharon, and Anya for, for lending me and, and this song, your absolutely beautiful gifts. It means it means so much to me. So at, at the very beginning, well before the song was a song, um, I, I was playing around with these initial verse chords and my, my daughter Ira sat down at the piano with me and she started playing just a random high note and, and something about that note. Um, against these, these little chords just felt like the exact right tension uh, that I, I, I was wanting. Um, but I didn't quite know how to find it. So thanks to Iris for, for playing that one note. Like sometimes I'll play like a root note or something on the, along those lines. But um, to have like this dissonant note against these chords was actually kind of what unlocked the whole thing for me. That dissonant note is kind of what led me to creating this this sonic backdrop for the majority of the song, which is made up primarily of, of four different tracks of piano. Um, some are stretched, some are super uh, pitched up and pitched down. This is what that sounds like. And so I used that un- underneath the most of the song. And I just, th- something about it felt like the, the musical version of Alicia's art and those lights in the, in the image. So, and I just, I felt like it just had something dreamy about it. As I detailed in the last episode about my song Awake, I included sounds that were part of my like morning routine. So I had like uh, the sound of me going to Starbucks and the sound of uh, my toothbrush and things like that. So again, as a way to tie these two songs together, I wanted to do that same thing, but for my, my nighttime routine. So I'm going to walk you through some of those sounds. So these are sounds that are part of like my, my nighttime here in my world. Each of them, of course, are, are tucked into this song as sort of like little Easter eggs. The first of which is my kids' sound machine that they listen to while they go to sleep. And they've been actually listening to this exact sound machine since they were born. Uh, As any parent knows, um, your ability to eliminate any sort of distracting noises uh, with the the noise barrier of of a noise machine is such a huge win. And so this has been part of our life for like seven years now. And uh, we hear it every single night. And um, this is the exact sound. It's weird, even hearing that right now signals my brain that it's time to go to sleep. <laughs> but it's, it's like one o'clock in the afternoon as I record this, so it's not time to sleep. We live relatively near some train tracks, and so every night we hear uh, the, the kind of faint sound, which kind of contributes to the, the noise machine, because it sounds actually very similar. Um, we hear trains going by, so there's a little bit of train in this song as well. And here is the sound of outside of our home, which is super uneventful, but you can hear a little bit of wind and just, uh, I just wanted to record the state of where we are uh, at this time of night. In addition to these like nighttime sounds, I also wanted to include a, a couple of Easter eggs that went along with specific lyrics. And one in particular uh, now means so much, and I'm so thankful that I, I put this in the song. It's the sound of the Pacific Ocean, as recorded actually in Hawaii. Several years back, I was on a vacation with, with my family, which included my parents, and um, I just always have loved the ocean. My mom actually did as well, um, specifically the Pacific Ocean. And so um, in that lyric that I nod to that dream where my mom is down by the water, I, I place this uh, the sound from Hawaii of the Pacific Ocean. And it was actually recorded in the middle of the night. Uh, The the file itself, um, I always kind of try to keep track of every little sound that I record, Um, but the the file is called Honolulu in the middle of the night. And so it will forever be this this monument to my mom, and uh, I'm really, really thankful that it is woven into this song. And in the middle of recording this song, I, I got super into all of a sudden my collection of, uh, micro cassette recorders. Like I've been interested in these little tiny micro cassette recorders for, for many, many years. Like since I was a teenager, I would always record random sounds. Um, I've mentioned that before, and I, I have included them in pretty much every song that I have ever made. There's always these little Easter egg things. So in the middle of making this song, um, I pulled that whole collection out and, uh, uh in doing so, um, I, it inspired the lyric A broken cassette Can't help but forget and fade over time I'll press rewind 27,000 times
1: broken cassette Can't help but forget And fade over time I'll press rewind 27,000 times
0: during that section i I recorded some of the the woodwinds through my microcassette recorder and played it and then shortly after that line i pressed stop so you get that kind of that that cheap plastic microcassette sound that clicks right in those lyrics And a side note, the, the lyric that says 27,000 times, that is a reference to the average amount of days a average person lives. I can't decide if that number sounds horrible or pretty decent. 27,000 is a lot of days, but also 27,000 of anything isn't, isn't that much. And in the context of the song, it is obviously referring to the, the 27,000 give or take days that we, uh, we get to sleep. Since we're talking about lyrics again, uh, I'll move back over to explaining a few, uh, a few more lines. The very first line of the song, I'm not certain I'm not a ghost. Is this free will, or am I doing as I'm told? I know shadows follow the rules, but what if tonight, by the mercy of light, I could choose?
1: I'm not certain I'm not a ghost is this free will or am I doing as I'm told? I know shadows follow the rules. But what if tonight, by the mercy of light, I
0: First, because this song is from the perspective of somebody super tired and and just about to fall asleep, I I really like the idea of of a double negative. So I'm not certain I'm not a ghost. It's almost like I'm so tired that my grammar is kind of just sliding off the rails. And uh, with this sleepiness in mind, I also intentionally broke a a few other rules in this song. Um, Some of those examples would be using the same word as a rhyme. So, So there are a couple lines that end on the rhyming word tonight. I say time right after saying times in an earlier line. Uh, toward the end of the song, I repeat the lyrics, watercolor dreams, I'll paint a future, but, but the timing of those lines are a little asymmetrical, which was intentional. So these are all things I, I pay a ton of attention to in my normal writing, and I try real hard to not be sloppy. But I wanted these lyrics to feel kind of like a stream of consciousness. So and that stream of consciousness pays little mind to, to rules and order. So it was a balancing act to try to break some rules without it sounding like a garbage song, (laughs) you know, or a poorly written song. So I hope I struck the balance where it has these intentional rule breaks um, without, without, you know, taking away from the structure or the craft of the song. And I really like the idea of starting this song with confusion about free will, because when we're awake, we feel like we get to call our own shots, but when we are asleep, we're pretty much just passengers, and those lyrics are very much the desire to hold on, to, to feel in control, and in this case, to be, to be given the reign of my dreams, so to somehow reconcile the things that I can control in, in my waking life. So essentially, it's a prayer for lucid dreams, a life in my dreams that I can press undo and redo any of the parts of my life that feel in need of undoing or redoing. And I mentioned in the last episode, but, but all of these Atlas Three songs have the overarching theme of what will we do with all that we are. Uh, in other words, it, it's all about voluntary human development. So that theme is present here in Awake as well as Asleep. It's just this wrestling match of free will and programming. The next set of lyrics, As my eyes close, my guards come down, an armistice was signed, Predator and prey on equal ground. Again, this is this is giving in to sleep, uh, another form of letting go. And that's where redemption lives, is, is in letting go. Um, so the predator and prey line is a reference to a couple things. First, it's a nod to the interesting fact that pretty much all living things sleep, as Matthew Walker points out evolution has decided to protect this most vital of traits in life, which is sleep. And uh, it's super fascinating if you think about it, that all predators and prey uh, do the unthinkable and for points of their day are just completely vulnerable to whatever dangers are out there. I mean, that in itself just says how deeply important sleep is. So the lyric predator and prey on equal ground is a reference to, uh, to that, this, this great equality that sleep offers us but also it's a reference to the theme in which this song belongs um, as part of Atlas three. So the, the first three songs, awake, asleep, and the next song, which will be based on Eros, one of the, the seven Greek definitions of love, they all belong to the theme inspired by survival. So I'm calling that theme survive. Um, as I mentioned in the last episode, all of the, all of the themes throughout Atlas three are very loosely based on something called spiral dynamics model of human development. So my, my Survive theme of songs would be related to the, the beige stage of Spiral Dynamics. So in the artwork for this song, you'll see that there's this beige watercolor that was intentional and awake, uh, which is you know, not only the overture of, of the project, but also is, um, is the beginning of consciousness. Uh, that, is, that includes all of the colors of Spiral Dynamics. So in, in the art, you will see um, every color represented along the spiral. And so for asleep, it is, it is this beige color. And, and the beige stage of spiral dynamics is it, kind of think of a, a newborn baby. They eat, they sleep, or the earliest people. They eat, they sleep, and they make more people. So uh, awake represents consciousness. Asleep represents our basic need of, uh, of sleep. And Eros will represent our most primitive idea of love. And I'll get more into that with the next song. But uh, I like the idea of nodding to the idea of survival in this song, which, uh, which belongs to the survive theme. All right, for, for a song that I wanted to be interpreted in as many ways as possible, I have said way too much about what I meant in these lyrics. So hopefully I haven't taken anything away from, from your experience with the song, um, but it is, is so much fun for me to be able to explain myself and point to what inspired what. Um, so I really appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to get to talk about all these little Easter eggs and these ideas that I was uh, playing around with as I wrote this song. Oh, and one last thing to note, um, I think this song features my first ever fade out, which, uh, which kind of felt right for a song about sleep and especially about a, uh, someone falling asleep. So uh, this song has a very, very, very long fade out. And also I... I paid a little extra close attention to uh, to make sure that all of the sounds kind of build up reverb over the course of the song. So at the beginning, it's pretty dry. And then um, you hear a lot more space and spaciousness throughout the, the rest of the song, especially toward the very, very end. It just kind of opens up wider and wider. So I hope uh, I hope you appreciate my very first ever fade out. I could pretty much talk about this song for hours, but I will spare you I am just so thankful that you are curious about the song and I'm just really, really, really happy that it it is in the world. Um, I really loved working on this song and it meant so much to me to be able to explore dreams and explore sleep and to learn about the importance of sleep. Again, I can't recommend the book, Why We Sleep Enough. I think that it will enhance your life um, just by reprioritizing how important sleep is. Uh, But well, after the song was finished, um, this song has gone on to to gain an even deeper meaning for me, knowing that my mom got to hear this song and gave really, really kind and and lovely feedback about it. And the references to her in it, having no idea that she was sick, um, this song will forever be uh, kind of in memorial of of my mom and um, therefore means means the world to me. We'll go ahead and listen to the song uh, from the start. Now that you've heard all that went into it Um, and that's how the episode will end. But um, thank you again. I I'm so grateful that you are curious about how these things get made. And uh, the song is out everywhere music is and the, the 60 minute version that you can fall asleep to in partnership with calm, that will be available um, through the calm app. And in the summer, I will give you more information about that as soon as I have it, but Thank you so much for listening. I hope that wherever you are, you're having a really beautiful day and I look forward to getting to talk to you again soon. Here's a sleep.